Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Thank you so much for uh, clicking onto my new podcast, which has been a long time coming, but finally I've gotten around to it. Um, and here we are. So I've got Khatija uh, with me, who is a revert Muslim, and we're going to be speaking about her journey to Islam. Uh, we'll speak about da'wah in Islam, uh, who can and can't preach. Uh, and any kind of obstacles that she's faced um, uh, since she's became a Muslim. So, hi, Assalamu alaikum, Khatija, how are you? Alaykum wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I am good, alhamdulillah. I'm very good. So that's a, a Scottish accent I'm detecting. That's correct, yep. I'm from Glasgow. I spend a lot of time up in Scotland running my uh, clinics. And um, yeah, so all of the accents all around the UK, I'm just like immediately, I'm like, I, I know that one. <laughs> oh, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Yes, uh, it's good. Um, good. That means there'll be no um, miscommunication issues. Right. <laughs> you, uh, you're I very familiar with, it, with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm from Newcastle, so you know it's very similar uh, to, to Glasgow, isn't it? And I'm assuming Khadija has not always been your name, right? Because you are That's a revert. Yes, yes. I changed my name 10 years ago, 10 years ago, legally speaking. Um, yeah, so I changed did my you, name uh, 10 years ago. Did you feel compelled to change your name or was it kind of a choice, something that you always wanted to, to do? Um, to be fair, um, that, that kind of concept in the initial, um, my initial few years, it's, it's been 14, almost 15 years for me. So in the initial stages, that kind of, that sort of thing came secondary to what I was trying to learn, trying to understand, you know, you know, not all the, the nitty gritty part of like, oh, mm. you're changing your name, that that kind of didn't really come up. It was more about the concept of, um, you know, Tawheed, more, you know, these kind of things. Um, yeah. So it wasn't until much later, um, but the reasons for changing my name um, were far more personal. I think, mm. um, for me being a revert um, and the kind of life that I lived um, and the kind of person that I had become and changed to be, part of changing my name was nothing um, whatsoever to do with um, actually with, with, with Islam. I know that sounds very crazy, but it wasn't really for that reason for me um, becoming Muslim, but more, more specifically the change in the person I am meant that I no longer I uh, felt I identified with that person from before. Wow. So that was why I changed my name because I said, I've, I've now changed as a person. Everything I did, everything I believe, my actions, my thoughts, my, my entire life has changed. It's almost like I'm a new or different person and I no longer recognize who that was. So that for me meant that was the last part of me moving away from who that person was. That was why I changed my name. Yeah. And it's important to note that you don't have to, uh, when you accept Islam, to change your name. Uh, you don't have no. to. It is no. important, in my opinion, it's important because your name is your identity. Um, yes. You know, when someone, like I did, hears your name, they automatically assume that you're a Muslim and, and so they should. Um, uh, yeah. So that's beautiful. So the, yeah. the question yeah. to ask, everyone wants to always ask a revert is about your journey to Islam so what and I'm very uh, I like getting into the nitty-gritty so what 
How did you first get exposed to Islam and what was your view of Islam growing up in Glasgow? So for for me, um, I was, of course, um, exposed to Islam practically all my life. And that wasn't through a community based thing. My uh, my father served in the military um, as a soldier for many, many, many years. Um, so I was the, the daughter of a soldier. So, of course, oh. in that, that kind of rhetoric, my father being a British soldier and us traveling around the world um, to different places. But more um, moreover, it was because my dad um, had fought in various global wars. Oh. Um, and of course, naturally, I had the view of the opposition. You know, I.e. Muslims, we're talking of the Iraq war here. We're talking of all these different things. Um, I had yes, exactly. So I already how I already had that narrative and view um, imprinted in my mind, um, and specifically when we were sort of younger, when we were uh, living in a specific place, while my dad was still serving in the army, that was when uh, nine eleven happened, and and of course naturally, my father's very first sort of reaction was like, this is going to cause a war. I'm going to have to fight. His mind immediately just went to that it wasn't a case of oh gosh look at the atrocity look at human life look at terrorism that wasn't his first thought his first thought was this is going to be a domino effect and there's going to be a war so i was already exposed to that from a young age wow amazing it's like Mm -hmm. i I remember when 9 11 happened um, a school teacher came into the classroom and announced it and i I was all of us turned around and said well what what is the twin towers that we didn't even know um, yeah. Later on, you know, I've I've studied this topic a lot, where it's like I now know for a fact that nine eleven was an inside job, uh, oh, and it was. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> the people who think they know this, and then for mm-hmm. yourself, like looking back on it now, it's like mm-hmm. the the American government have done this, and then you you've yeah. been affected directly because your dad's then had to go out. Uh, and we won't talk about what he might or might not have done while he's been out there. Sure. Um, he's been forced into that by a lie. And how, how does that make yeah. I think for, for for me, watching watching him go through what he went through and watching him having to, to go there. But as a child, my, my, my father being absent for months and months, um, going to fight this supposed enemy of the world, like this, this otherness. Um, it only kind of served for me to see them as something bad because that that thing was what was taking my dad away from my dad was there and could possibly die because of these people so in that position seeing him and seeing him having to go there and fight there and stuff it's kind of like you know this is upon reflection of course um but then i'm just like you know i want my dad and you know he's away fighting and he might he might die. He says he's going to call you on Sunday at six o'clock and he doesn't call at six o'clock and you're all mm-hmm. there like thinking the worst, you know, so it, it kind of um, going to fight for that sort of lie. But then again, it just it just reminds me that even in, 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 in this kind of life, as, as well as from a, a religious perspective, effectively, that that is what we do every day. And it, and whether or not that turns out to be a lie is a different thing. And that's what living living a religious life is about. At this very point in time, you 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 have you can argue um for for, for the the word of God. You can argue for God's existence, etc. But that will only become evident later on. And that's kind of what we do. We're fighting for that. Fighting for that belief. 
with the evidence we're fighting. And now when it comes to um, us seeing that everything that we've known is a lie and the world is waking up now with what's happening in Palestine, thinking Absolutely. all this propaganda we've been fed all these years has been nothing but lies. Right. The, People you know, are you're right it's happening at an alarming rate as well which is great for for us um because the truth muslims separating the truth from falsehood is one of one of the golden rules of islam yes Um, Yes, that's my favorite verse in all of quran actually that's part of my rebirth journey that was that was it that that verse 256 that 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 was part of my, my my journey so, so yeah. going back to, to 9-11, the inside job yeah. of 9-11, that's mm-hmm. all happened. Your dad's gone out and everything. You've been more exposed mm-hmm. to what's going on. At what point then did you really get exposed to, to Islam in, in the way that you started accepting it? What was the, the turning point for you? So the, the, the turning point for me, obviously, um, being really exposed to Islam was not something. Um, it just became sort of background and, and until um, I was around probably around 18, 19, somewhere like that. Um, and I kind of got into quite a dark place um, uh, in my life, kind of without, but this is why when a lot of people ask me, how about your journey to Islam? Um, and I think until such details are ready to be spoken about, I guess I just refer to it as a dark place. That's, that's the only way I can put it. So that kind of, that, that dark place. Um, eventually uh, led me to um, thinking of not wishing to be here anymore. Let's put it that way. Mm. And in that moment, before I um, considered actually ending my life, to be, to, to be quite, quite frank, um, mm-hmm. what I did was I was, uh, where I was living was um, in a tall, a high rise building. I kind of stood up there at the top and looked and I just said, you know what? And I cried and I said, God, if you're there, just help me, help me. But I didn't, I didn't have any faith at that time. I was either agnostic or atheist. I lost faith. Although I grew up Catholic, I'd lost faith. And I was like, if there is, if there is a God, if you are there, just help me, help me. And something pulled me back. And it was from then. Um, It was within those couple of weeks that I had um, received information through um my my letterbox um regarding uh some events and charity things going on um around as a a local mosque and it's not something i'd ever heard or even knew existed so that's the sort of short version i guess and then seeing that going being part of that um so you saw um, there was a charity event leaflet posted through your door within two weeks Yes, essentially you made yeah. dua, you, you stood at the top, yeah. you made dua, and then yes. something came through. And what spot, because yeah. people, I'm assuming these leaflets get po- were posted through your door before as well. So That's what was- correct. And what I did was well, I spoke to my neighbor, because I was friendly with my neighbors, um, the gentleman to the right and the lady of two doors down. And as I was leaving the building, as you know, these high buildings, you're in a sort of closed, in a enclosed corridor. So as I was leaving to go down the stairs, oh, you know, you're heading out, popping out, you know, general chit chat. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm just popping out. I'm going along for this thing. They're doing some chat. Said, oh, where's that? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got the leaflet. I was like, did you get the leaflet? I said, no, I didn't get the leaflet. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Turns out I was the only one that got that leaflet. So. Curious. 
Yeah, yeah, seriously. So I, I kind of took that as the, the sign <laughs> in that respect. Can you, remember, can you remember which charity it was or what the event was? I can't remember what it was. Oh. Uh, I believe now it was raising money for charity. You know the right. way they do these like bazaars or these like things, events, you know, yeah. family, food, you know, kids, yeah, bouncy cat, one of these kind of like events and right. so you've done... one of these sort of things, yeah, raising That's money it. for charity. Um, yeah. And it happened to be organized by um, a local mosque community. So you've yeah. turned up to the event and then talk yeah. me through what went on next, try and summarize but, it. Yeah, so I just turned up um, to that event um, and through that I had managed to, because at that time, as much as I was, um, you know, doing other things in quite, quite a dark place, um, I had spoke to someone. Um, they weren't really, their English wasn't very clear, um, but she was very, very nice. And she said, oh, maybe you should teach me English um, and things like that. So, um, and I got chatting, she was like, yeah, I'm Muslim. And I was like, oh, right, okay, that just kind of flew over my head at that point. Um, and then I got in touch with her and as a means for her, um, she said that she would really like to learn English. And I said, yeah, I'm happy to teach you because that was um, um, quite a strong passion of mine, even back when. Um, and it is, happens to be um, my uh, other honours degree. So I'm very interested in English. So I said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll help you teach English, you know, making friends, that chit chat. Um, and then she said, oh, there's, there's more people that would like to learn. Would you be happy to teach more of us? And I was like, yeah, sure. And that got me to um, going into the mosque and teaching English, and the rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so it's gone from you kind of, you know, contemplating suicide to accepting mm -hmm. Islam. Um, within, yeah, within... to having even having no job, to having no just going to the sites, connecting with these people, to them then telling me, you know what. Um, yeah come along uh, would you have to you know you know it it was kind of a relationship with oh yeah you know come bring food you know messages talking away like kind of being sort of good acquaintances and then it's like yeah can you really help us because we need to learn english <laughs> i was like sure i can help you i don't have any qualifications but sure i'm good at english <laughs> and then well, it went from, you, you, from you not to even having something to do just the fact uh -huh. that for me i was like yeah i'll do it i don't care who you are, yeah. what you are, what, what, what race you are, what I'll do it because it's given me something to do and something I enjoy. So the, the rest is history. <laughs> You've made an important point there, subhanAllah, for all of that. I think, you know, I wanted to talk about preaching and you've just mm -hmm. said, well, I didn't have the qualifications or whatever to, to teach, but I did it anyways. Now, yes. for you, it's like you can speak English, so you can teach English because you speak it, right? Mm -hmm. um, That's right, yeah. You have that sort of criteria qualification in some way or other. Absolutely. Because a lot of people, when I talk about preaching Islam, a lot of people say, oh, well, I'm not qualified. I don't pray myself and I don't fast. I'm like, well, you don't need to. Um, mm -hmm. You can preach what you know, right? And Islam mm -hmm. is the oneness of believing in the oneness of God. That's the, the Shahada and, and then his prophets. And if you know that, you can preach that, whether mm -hmm. you pray or not. Um, yeah. A lot of yeah. people kind of yeah. fall into that. Uh, so, um, so, I, so, I, so I did the video on that, I don't know if you noticed, I did a sort of post on that, um, that a lot of people um, tend to equate these, um, the sort of, um, you know, the Amr bin Alf, you know, the, the calling to good and forbidding evil, there's a difference in that sort of type of da'wah, that the, than actually, you know, um, doing it 
from a certain place. And generally, as I did on my, my, my last TikTok uh, post, was that the dawah that we give, we don't need any qualifications. We just need to be able to call people to yeah. monotheism. To Allah. Yes. And the way to do that does require some basic knowledge. Otherwise, what you do preach, you can call people to come to God. But the, even so, the very most basic thing that requires new knowledge is, have you read the Quran? That's it. You don't need to say anything. You don't need no knowledge. You don't need no qualifications. You know you're Muslim. You might be failing, but you're like, have you read Quran? That can then invite someone to go read Quran. So really, you don't need any qualifications, but in order to get into the nitty gritty of it, I would say you do need to have a little bit of knowledge on what it means. There's a hadith that says, whoever calls others to guidance will have a reward like that of those who follow it without that detracting from their reward in the slightest. And whoever calls others to misguidance will have a burden of sin like that of those who follow yeah. it without it detracting from their burden in the slightest. And that, that's in Sahih Muslim. And mm -hmm. it's like sometimes people preach with good intentions, but if they don't have... Yeah, so what you do preach is important to know what you're talking about. Now that exactly. brings you to the, to the topic of you know Islam versus culture, which I know that you're you, you've had a few uh, kind of issues with. I I wrote a few papers on that actually. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. So you you became Muslim, mm -hmm. and now you're exposed to the Islamic world, right? And which mm -hmm. which which although I despise the guy now, Jordan Peterson did make a video and he could, even he called it out, where we do have issues. We are a family of 2 billion people and any family will have issues. And um, mm -hmm. we're all united in the sense of, you know, la ilaha illallah, um, mm -hmm. but there is Sulala in that sense, but we have issues. So tell me about your kind of journey after accepting Islam and, and the issues that you faced. Um, so, Obviously, with the, the kind of family that I was raised in, as I said, I was raised Catholic. Um, my family were quite strong in their faith. Um, you know, they going to on Sunday mass, you know, this kind of stuff. Um, very strong Catholic. So it for me and also being white, being Scottish and always kind of being raised in an environment that 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 sort of um, taught me um, this sort of, or re, I would say re-emphasize this, 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 um, this Orientalism, um, as you know about Orientalism, I'm not sure, um, the concept developed by Edward Said um, that was, that was uh, made by the West in order to view um, or describe the other, particularly Asian and Arabian cultures. It's, it's more of a, a stereotyped um, view of the West, this Orientalism, um, mm. and effectively that, um, that Orientalism was what I had always knew. So because that um, uh, Orientalism um, was what I had always kind of uh, known, it was hard for me to shake that I was in any way identifiable with that right. in, in, in culture, in, in, in my person, just everything. So I was like, you know, even though I'm Muslim now, that being a Muslim equated to being brown, let's be real here. Like, you know, if you're not brown, how can you be Muslim? Like, that makes no sense. So, you know, like, hi, you're Muslim, but why are you white? <laughs> so, 
and then you're like oh no then your eyes roll back to the back of your head and like i'm gonna have to explain the concept of islam having no rings (laughs) am i going to where am i going to start with this one so it's just uh growing up in my culture um because for my family um it wasn't so much that their religion was so a strong part of their culture but their culture is very very strong and that orientalism is very much there as well as that military um upbringing so me being Muslim, it's, it was absolutely defying everything. Um, and of course that caused a lot of issues um, with my family and you know that, that, that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, to basically, it was a hard journey for me only in the respect, but what made it easier was um, uh, after all of this, like I had, um, I had met my husband and of course, I was fortunate to be exposed to other cultures, given the military background I had, but I was also very fortunate um, in the respect that um, the friends, circle of friends I had, um, all growing up through my teens and stuff, um, were never from my own culture. So naturally, mm-hmm. I was, I never gravitated towards my own culture. I was always slightly different. You could call me the black sheep of the family. You know, everything I, everything I sort of did or associated with was also was always the other. So, for for example, my family are very kind of that strong white Scottish, even like the the, the way they speak, the act, all of that. Um, yeah, is that's very very typical Scottish, typical Glaswegian worker slash lower class. Right, 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah, you get it. So I didn't identify with them, and the people I did identify with. Um, um, were people from other cultures and races, and particularly um, West Africans. So a lot of my circles were evidently the person I met and I'm married to is Nigerian. They've been married all these years, so it's an identity, um, my culture. So I think that that preparation, even before becoming Muslim, mm. that even living with the parents I did, being in the army, being exposed to other cultures, um, yeah. relating to having a friend circle of other cultures, allowed for that. Um, that I believe was the sort of um, preparation that he gave me in order to make it easier for me um, to or as you see that sort of qualification actually it was something that I mentioned earlier about um, to somebody about choice um, and how we choose things but then you know Allah chooses things you know there's a difference between uh, the kind of choice based on so Allah chose you to be Muslim based on the qualifications and the kind of person you are if that mm-hmm. makes sense so I oh, thought yeah. that was preparation for me even through all this orientalism and this culture strong Scottish culture that I was part of I was different and I think ultimately that 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 helped um in in in, in it wasn't a difficult transition it was difficult socially and the reaction I got but not right. difficult for me individually to accept something other than that or until it's a beautiful, beautiful thing mm. that you kind of found it difficult in in, in that way and um, because mm. a lot of reverts doing the, uh, there's a recent study that shows a lot of reverts then leave Islam um because of yeah. because they feel lonely or they don't feel accepted which is ridiculous yeah. um but that happens uh, it's funny as well when you mentioned earlier it's like when i tell people jesus is a muslim they look at me in the same way and i'm like well you don't even know yeah. what muslim is you and know I, what muslim is yeah i, I got <laughs> yeah. the habit of asking muslims what a muslim is and i was alarmed at how many muslims don't know what the word muslim means they have wow. no idea right yeah and i was i was like okay um 
this is very interesting. And I st- I got into the habit of, of getting into, because I'm a massive, it doesn't look like this, but I'm an introvert. Um, oh. So I hardly <laughs> used to speak to people. And then I just started co- getting into conversations with anybody and everybody. And, you know, you can only give effective, uh, in my opinion, that way when you speak to so many different people. And that was yeah. not just non-Muslims, it's two Muslims as well. It's calling them, you know, how many of us are away from our deen? You know, how many of us need reminders? The very word insan itself means yeah. forget, right? Which is why yeah. Yeah. Do you know something? Again, I just wrote, I just want to bounce off of that. You know, sometimes I might kind of, you know, very gently interject only because I get a thought in my head and if I don't get it out, sometimes I can just go. But basically on, the, on that concept that you just um, spoke of there, the, the Alan Satin, um, I was um, uh, discussing that um, when it comes to um, how, what we have, um, that natural inclination. Mm. So effectively, um, in the Quran, which a lot of people don't know, when we're talking about human nature, when we're talking about, um, you know, that, that sort of identity and, and, and becoming Muslim, um, there's um, the connection between the fitra and al-insan, because if you look in, in, in the Quran and it, talk, um, it talks about al-insan, but when it talks about uh, insan, it refers to all of humanity. Of course, Allah uses that word when he talks to humankind or mankind. Uh-huh. However, the very, the very, very, sorry, bear with me. Have to decline the call. The very, very same terms, um, that was my phone, I do apologize. The very, very same terms are also used in the Quran um, to describe actions um, that um, humans commit that are sort of like deplorable. So that includes, um, you know, being having inherent tendencies like um, being waywardly, um, loosely moral, perhaps, um, uh, you know, being um, sort of skeptical. Or, or, or being a disbeliever. Um, so Allah refers to al-insan. He, he also refers to humans in the same context, meaning that humanity has these inherent con- um, tendencies that can reject God, be skeptical, all yeah. these different things. Yeah. Mm. So I just wanted to mention that um, in that respect. And when it comes to religion and you're doing da'wah, da'wah and al-insan and that humanity of identifying as a Muslim naturally comes with the inclination to um, being skeptic, skeptical yeah. and disbeliever. Yeah, you've so, gone in, you know, you're now going into kind of the psychology of the brain as well, because... I love we, that. <laughs> your brain remembers uh, a lot of pain and doesn't remember a lot mm-hmm. of good things because we are naturally... Mm-hmm designed uh, to be defensive because we are survivors from the second your from the second your mum becomes pregnant with you you're surviving from that moment mm-hmm. on that doesn't mm-hmm. that concept never leaves you um yeah. so that ties in with that absolutely yeah i love so, that i love that psychology and, and, and islam and sort of like human nature and ah uh, yeah well, that's my kind of... i love all of that yeah <laughs> i love all love of that it. I know I digress a little bit, but just I just wanted to mention when you talked about insan and you're talking about that humanity and identity mm. and you know, it kind of ties in with um that same use of the word um when Allah talks about tendencies and characteristics of humans, such as being loose and skeptical yeah. and rejectful. You've mentioned and, so, it kind of comes naturally to us. Yeah. So yeah. it's very You've interesting. Mentioned a very <laughs> uh topic. Um because and we can talk about that. And I think this 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 podcast is very set it up to be unscripted um, for this reason because you know talking about this stuff is very important and talking about whatever comes to you is very important um, yeah. because we are 
that reason because we are uh, forgetful and defensive and a lot yeah. of people a lot of muslims are so hard on themselves you know they, they you speak to them about dean and their head drops straight away and no, i'm not this and i'm not and i start yeah. reminding them i start reminding them like do you believe in the oneness of god and they say yes and i say well you're mm-hmm. you're the best of people if you believe mm-hmm. that right yes do you are you a father? Do you provide for your children? Do you are you a good mm-hmm. husband? Do you provide for your wife? Do you are you good to people? Are you respectful? Are you this? And they say, well, yes, 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 yes. And I'm like, so why are you sad? Mm-hmm. You're you're, yeah, you're amazing. Really no, you are. Do you know amazing. where that comes from? Yeah. Do you know where that comes from? It ties in exactly back to what I've just said with you. So yeah. basically, there's the obviously the there is the rational the the position from an Islamic viewpoint is that um, humans um, are human creation is by a creator um, completely intentional purposeful and sort of valuable um and islam we kind of um we argue of course as muslims that there is this um this connection to, to allah this or this connection to god let's say god if there's other listeners just for a bit of um, familiarity so there's this connection to god that's kind of inherent within us um that means we're born with that natural inclination that's what we just described as the the fitra or the fitra allah um uh, the fitrat allah sorry and and moreover um with that word al-insan used um being inclusively used to mean self mankind and stuff and those tendencies and characteristics that i just mentioned when you think of like um adam and hawa for example being the first of all creation when they went through the experience that they did as humans um, particularly that of kind of like experiencing um, sin, disobedience and things like that. That kind of um, sadness that people get now when you start to mention uh, sin comes from that cognitive dissonance. And what does that mean? It means that humans instinctively and objectively know these things to be wrong because of the fitra, because right. that fitra allows for the recognition of disobedience um, and, and wrong actions. For example, immediately when Adam and Hawa uh, ate from the tree, the very, very immediate result of that sin was their nakedness becoming apparent to them, which then mm. um, uh, the qualities that, that that ensued from that that manifested were shame, guilt, and remorse. And then thus, right that nakedness became apparent, which forced them um, enforced modesty, and they rushed to cover themselves. So these these qualities that ensued, such as shame, guilt, and remorse, and things like that, those were um, already inherent within us, which is why it explains why actions like lying, murder, theft, etc., um, create an instinctive response within us. Because that cognitive dissonance, as you know what that means, cognitive dissonance is um, your actions defying what you know and believe to be true. Now, we can have subjective views and beliefs um, in a more sort of uh, earthly way, but inherently in us, we know that fitra says that we know that God exists. This is why there are inherent objective morally rights and wrongs, killing, murder, you know, all of these things. Inherently, we know that they're wrong. And that's why that, that's why it's very, very interesting. So these qualities from them. So when we talk about um, uh, to someone about their uh, their sins, or you say, you know, you believe in Allah, right? Yeah, of course I do. Okay, you know, you've missed some salah, you know, whatever. So why are you sad? Why are you sad mm-hmm. if you have that that monotheism? What makes you sad? It comes from that cognitive dissonance because that Muslim knows, yes, I'm. I say I believe in Allah. I say all of these things. I, I, you know, I say whatever. But my actions are going against what I know to be true, right. and what I know is right. Uh, so it, it, you understand and that creates that cognitive dissonance which then creates a negative reaction based on those inherent qualities that were given to us right and yeah. if you keep doing that it, the, 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 you, you you're going to become 
so negative in your character yes. and it's going to affect yeah, your character. Yeah. And this is yeah. what one of the issues we have now in the Muslim world, not just the Muslim world, but I'm going to pick on that, is that there's yeah. just so much negativity that's going around. And then at what point are you going to preach? At what point are you going to help the cause? Uh, are you, what point are you going to help the Ummah? Um, and, and look at the state of the Ummah today. Mm, right mm. Um, and, and you mentioned the word moral there like morally we have yeah. became so corrupt especially in the west mm. you know with the oh, things gosh, that we are yes. exposed to in the west mm -hmm. wow mm. and i always say to muslims i'm like for you to be a practicing muslim living in the west like uh, credit you because it's like so like like it's like it says there will become a time where holding on to your faith will be like holding on to hot gold hot cold yeah and, and, yeah absolutely yeah. and that's exactly what it feels like now and i think it's going going to get worse over the next few years um so mm -hmm. we need to uh, so just going back yeah. to yourself you've accepted islam you've started mm -hmm. uh, practicing it and then you've got married mm -hmm. mashallah uh, and then you've learned a lot of stuff clearly you've you've read the quran and studied islam so credit to mm -hmm. you for that mm -hmm. so Thank you. you've then gone on to um doing something which i love which is you, you've started to preach so there's a hadith that i want to to mention mm -hmm. uh, the prophet peace be upon him said when a man dies all his good deeds come to an end except three ongoing charity which we call mm -hmm. beneficial knowledge or a righteous mm -hmm. uh, child who will pray for him and mm -hmm. i think this is a hadith which is so powerful but we forget um how important it is for us because mm -hmm that beneficial knowledge one we'll, we'll touch on that because it ties into this and that's mm -hmm. something that you're doing right oh. you doing that and you know may Allah give you a give you a long life but when you um, die um, that you're passing on uh yeah. it will it will benefit you even in the grave right so you can see <laughs> so yeah. what made you do it and um how's it going so effectively, um, to, to try and um, keep, keep it sort of brief, um, obviously, like being, I've always been, um, I've been, I've been on social media, of course, um, and I've been on TikTok, and naturally, um, well, I didn't have for a long time, I didn't have any followers, I didn't have any posts or anything like that, but I have obviously been studying for years, been teaching for years, been doing that well for years, um, that sort of uh, thing. So, however upon going on TikTok, um it was kind of being it started with the videos then being posted um about what's happening in palestine and then going to that and then you kind of you know that page takes you to people um that took me to seeing people reading the quran um wow. and that obviously that um kind of viral videos of that of megan megan rice um she started reading the quran and that went viral and then other people reading and so and that kind of bounced off of that so what she did was created a world book club and that world uh, world religions book club um, was set up and when she became viral and um i became a part of that book club um originally um she placed me as a moderator she then put me um in place as one of the educators um and guys so the people had questions and things like right. that being part of that um uh, book club i think now it's like fifteen thousand members but initially at the time it's like ten thousand going up from that so to be in there sort of like answer questions in the initial stages i was hosting events there and giving some um some some, some lectures which were quite successful um 
so I thought, you know, um, if anything happens to this book club, um, you know, the hype of this is going to die down. How am I going to continue to do what I'm doing here? So I kind of felt a bit brave and decided, you know what, I'm going to post to TikTok. Why not? You know, I don't care what other people think of me. I don't care if other people outside, old friends, if anyone sees it, I really don't. I don't care. Like, this is what I've spent my entire, uh, the past sort of 14, 15 years on. So this is the best channel to do it in today's day and age. So why not? Um, and that pushed me to continue to do that on, on online. And it kind of just, um, will go from there. And I hope, um, that, well, I finished this semester. Um, this is now my second time at university. So this is my BA, um, that is in theology and religion. Um, so when I finish this semester, hopefully continue teaching. Um, and continue with the Dao in whichever way I hope I can, I guess. <laughs> That's where I'm at now, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to, to post your uh, social media links uh, along with this oh, one. I wonderful. We encourage people to, to kind of watch your stuff because it's very interesting. And, and uh, is it? You never know what to post on these things, isn't it? And I'm like, you know, well, my, my, main, um, my main interest is, uh, of course, comparative religion, I think, from being raised um, a Catholic and being such a strong Catholic, um, from a strong Catholic family. Um, well, yeah. I was a strong Catholic at one point um, before kind of life events led me to sort of that agnostic right. position. Um, Amazing. Yeah, yes. so that was why. Doing what you know kind of thing. Yeah. Right? So you're yeah. speaking to yeah. and that's amazing. And God says in the Quran, um, who's better in speech than one who invites to Allah and does righteousness and says, indeed, I am of the Muslims. That's in Surah Fusilat, and I think that that particular verse was one of the reasons I started preaching. It's such a beautiful thing, and it's the first, that it was the main mission of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. His main mission was our, is inviting people yeah. to Islam. That's you know, right. Yeah. You know, we have not sent you, O Muhammad, except as a mercy to the worlds. And that's in, mm -hmm. in Surah. He came for the whole of mankind, and this is what I the main point I explained to non-Muslims is that um, mm. a lot of prophets were sent to specific people in specific time periods in that's history. Right, yes. uh, prophet yes, is for the right. right, which is why Islam is the last and final religion. And Allah says, you know, today I have completed my favor upon you and chosen for you mm. Islam is your religion. Your religion, yes, very beautiful. I I I I love explaining that point um to people that kind of you know that the he was sent to all of mankind and it's it's, it's it's just trying to reverse that previous thing we talked about that orientalism that view that islam is something else or something other because if, if people think that islam is something else or something and very often some mm. people even think when you speak when you talk of allah you're talking about some other deity or god that's separate right. or you know like it's giving these sort of kind of like hinduism polytheistic vibes simply because the word is arabic so people just assume like this is something other like no yeah. if only you knew and that that's that's why um uh it's our job as you said that that beneficial knowledge um that we are um that we have if we have that knowledge um it we are required to share it mm. we're required to share it um especially um if that knowledge is beneficial and if you know something and you see something that is contrary to to, to, to that knowledge, that is why where you're required to give that da'wah, which is why even during the time um, and, and during the conquests and things that it was a case of, you know, 
we don't want to fight you. We don't want to We just are saying we're going to come in and share this message. You shouldn't be mm. stalking us. We have that right. Free speech, yeah. man. <laughs> you know? So, Even yeah. a hadith that would say something like, um, and I, I'm abbreviating this, not, this is not a direct quote, but it's something along the lines of whoever has asked about some knowledge that he knows and then he conceals it, he will be brittled with um, fire or the brittled with the brittle of fire or something along those lines it's it's very important and there's the hadith about there was a, a corrupt city and there was one righteous man and he used to stay inside his own house and he'd pray uh, all the time but the rest of the, the city was corrupt and then god actually killed him uh, and the rest of the city wasn't killed and it's because he didn't go out and preach so he yeah. was on the right path but he didn't go out and try and bring others to it um, and it's like it brings me back to Surah Asr in the Quran. Um, you know, let's say something along the lines of you know, time is running out, um, and you're all doomed except for those who who are righteous and those who bring uh, people to, to to God and those who speak the truth mm. and those who do good deeds. Um, yes. You know, and it's like this, it's our fundamental duty to do it. But we've got so many problems going on in our own lives that we don't have time for that. You know, and again, yeah. it's like the whole Palestine thing you mentioned. People, so many people have contacted me and said, "What, what can I do?" And I said, "Well, the first thing you can do is read Namaz. First thing, mm -hmm. do your first. Come back yeah. to Islam. You know, sort yourself out. Because if your yeah. if your bedroom's not tidy, how can you tell others to tidy theirs? It's yeah. tie your yeah. If true. we all do that, Khadija, if we all do that, honestly, if we all do that." will be absolutely fine because unity is the most important thing that we need to create in the western world thrives off creating division between yeah. muslims and they did it all throughout history they divided africa you know colonized africa they divided a, a lot of asia they've did it with pakistan bangladesh india you know they've done it yeah, America, yeah. All divided so yes right so what you're so doing Every single day when you're preaching, you're creating mm -hmm. unity. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you for that. What I want to know, yeah. uh, the interesting bit, a bit of goss. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you naturally will have haters and detractors in your, yep. I hope not in your personal life, but in your personal life and also <laughs> online. So how, what yep. kind of comments do you get and how do you deal with it? um the biggest amount of comments i get i mean not so much in my personal life i mean don't get me wrong i have of course faced islamophobia generally from the simple fact that um aside from when it's winter and i'm wearing a woolly hat you can't really tell <laughs> but <laughs> when i'm wearing when i'm wearing my hijab i identify but very often people will look at me and look at the scarf and go and they'll try to look and work out um and be like okay okay she must be arab she must be moroccan she must be yeah. you know for like her light skin might you know just be something other than the brown typical <laughs> and then um very often um i have gone through quite a few experiences um where people were like you know you're you're you're, you're scottish why, why are you wearing that and i'm going um <laughs> well my my kind of I didn't want to sit and defend why I'm wearing it or why I'm not wearing it. It was just like, well, you're asking me why I'm wearing it. Why are you not going to ask that nun why she's wearing her habit? 
help me. You're going to question me as a white person covering my head, but you're not going to question the nun why she's dressed like that. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? So it kind of was like these, mm. I, I won't go through some of the, the kind of hateful things that I faced, but it, it, it more came from um, people who, I can't really say, not to place judgment on people, but one guy that did say to me, confronted me, he was, he was quite drunk, you see, so that was just one example. So it's generally not normal, everyday people. Um, it was just a few select people, um, right. you know, kind of, of a typical, or of, of a certain sort of class or a character, you could say, that would, mm. that would, that would fire comments at me. But other than that, I've not faced any extreme sort of Islamophobic, behaviors um from people or questions what about on your your tiktoks so, did you get a lot of uh, negative so comments? on my tiktoks yes mostly um the tiktoks are obviously going to read um the, the the comments have been mostly just trying to refute the faith hmm. no mostly it, it, it's come from christians to be honest or people who 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 um assert to be christians so they will often comment on my tiktoks and say oh you know um actually uh you know you've been inspired by the devil or you know what you're saying is wrong and then they'll start bringing bite verses from the bible and things you know jesus has got and i'm just like give me an, un an unequivocal statement come on bring it to me i would love to see it and he's like yeah but he said he's the way he's the truth he's the life none comes to the father it's like the word count in these comments does not give me enough to try and explain that <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i'm just like feel free to message me you know and and then once um the messages kind of flow from that or i try in my best way to respond to that and then you know that then it starts to um fall into fallacy or ad hominem um it starts to fall into either personal attacks or attacks on the character of the prophet because they really have nothing else left at that point right. um it comes from oh you know jesus oh the bible says this and i'm like it does it okay what about xyz what about it and then they're just like yeah, well, your Muhammad's a pedophile, and he married right. a kid, and and yeah. and you know, yeah, or you know what, you're um, etc. etc. They will then resort to personal attacks or attacks on the character of the prophet because they really have nothing left at that point. Right. Or I'll ask the you... question, they won't answer it, and then they'll go, oh yeah, I'll say I asked you a question, and they yeah, but what about what your Muhammad said? I'm, I'm asking you the question. The burden of proof and defence now lays on you, not me. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of falls back in that, that that's the kind of um, resort, that I get quite often <laughs> you resort to slander and they say your yes. prophet married a child and then we say okay you're um you know joseph was 19 mary was 13 are you yeah. okay with them and then they'll just immediately go on to something else and then that shows yeah, yeah. completely different it's like hold on a second you're not here for the truth you're here you've got your own agenda you exactly. genuinely came here to slander Islam or to force Christianity onto others. And one thing that yeah. I learned um, quite recently is, uh, you know, Russian cyber warfare, how mm -hmm. this isn't just Russians that do this. And uh, <laughs> just saying, I think they invented it, but you, there are artificial intelligence um, cyber bots who comment and they can leave comments you know, with, with the algorithms, they can automatically leave negative comments or whatever. Um, mm. been, yeah, on people's yeah, some, somebody said that to me. I, I, I hadn't 
even considered that to be honest it was on one of my videos in fact it was somebody that was um because i did the um the videos um the two parts part one part two about the sort of um this thing that people are talking about the haram place and me trying to explain to people there's a difference in people who invite um you know people to good actions and things and and and, and people that what well, that, that we refer to as the haram place those people with that cognitive dissonance who are trying yeah. to um, excuse themselves and saying you know all i'm doing is tempting this is you know this person to do to do good or you know the minute a revert comes along they're like you have to do your do cover the correct you have to go for you have to do it's like oh man calm down where does you have to question where that comes from so they said oh you know you do know some of these people are bots right and i'm like hey and i had yeah. to ask my friend about it she's like yeah especially now with what's happening in the world there's this kind of influx of sort of bots kind of trying to refute you which is why sometimes if you refute with something they go they go quiet and they disappear because there isn't really a response for it and that person stops kind of your stop and i was like actually that makes sense right. <laughs> that makes sense now yeah, yeah. and a lot of um i i think it was um it, it, it does get used by zionists um Ooh. you know they, they push it massively and you go on to a lot of these um pro um i don't even like saying the word but israel israel you know uh, posts mm -hmm. um yeah. and you'll see the amount of comments and it's like no 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 this this doesn't this isn't right it's not it's not normal there's a lot of genuine people of course but a lot of it's mm -hmm. wrong and we need we need something to break that um those mm. uh, someone invent like a hal algorithm <laughs> <where they, laughs> oh, wonderful i love that term i love that term. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, it's important also to anyone listening that when you when you give that out and a person is becoming hostile or they're rejecting mm -hmm. your message, it's important not to argue. You know, unless it's in the Quran, you know, argue with them in a way that is best, um, with mm -hmm. patience, with love, and with, with beautiful preaching. And there's a verse that says, you know, when you reach a certain point, you simply say, "To you be your religion, and to be to me be mine," and then a, the, a good Muslim would then also make dua for the person for Allah to guide them because it we are but messengers we are but um people who, who our job is to deliver the message it's Allah who guides whom he wills you know um, and whoever puts his all his trust in Allah he will be enough for him that's the season in the Quran so I see a lot of people now you know you see people like um Ali Dawa Muhammad Hijab mm -hmm. people yeah I love them, I respect them, may Allah um, enhance them and everything that they do. Um, um, sure. them with but uh, I do sometimes see some videos where, you know, I think sometimes it can go a bit too far. And I understand, like, yeah. for example, yeah. I think that too. I think that too. I understand where the sentiment comes from and, 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 and that passion. And it's just mm -hmm. like, um, I'm going to be honest, I, I do respect them and I, um, you know for what they do um and i'm not um one to place the final judgment um on on, on their intelligence i will take it as um everybody likes to kind of you know throw about only god can judge me or as we have muslims say you know allah is the only one that can judge yes but mm -hmm. what did what does it consistently say um and even what um Omar said, you know the actions of, that you see on someone outside we will judge a person based on those actions we don't know what's within the heart or the intention mm. but we can judge a person by the actions that we see right. displayed Absolutely. on the outside and we judge people based on that which means we are allowed to judge
because we can't that that would make no sense um in human uh, sociology or human nature I, where an individual um is acting evil or acting uh behaving a certain way you know we might look in their heart and go do you know what you know in their heart they might just be deeply troubled and have went through a lot of trauma and you know they're just being hostile because they've went through so much it's like well if their actions are behaving that way you've got to then judge that person as being a hostile person or a confrontational person. You can't say, I can't say you're being confrontational because I don't know what's in your heart. No, you are being confrontational. <laughs> so when, when you see people like Ali Dawa, you see these, um, them doing that, a great, you know, their intentions might be great. However, if those intentions result in something that, 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 that strays a bit of way, as much as I respect them, when I see YouTube videos of them coming out trying to refute people and argue people and, and 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 what's the word and cancel and you know all these silly things it's just like do your dawa man you don't have to come out and start making videos talking about a particular individual and, and trying to you know to, trying to clear them and it's come on just like there's a limit to it you know do not you know do not transgress in your limits in religion right. do not i think sometimes we forget that we when yeah. we're speaking to someone there's always a third person watching <laughs> Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or uh, watching or reading comments afterwards. You know, you're you're introverts. Mm. You engage. You're mm. giving power not just to the person you're talking to, but to everybody around. Uh, mm -hmm. It's important. You know, in the Prophet yeah. Muhammad peace be upon him, I don't, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think he ever humiliated anybody. Hazrat Aisha yeah. made mm -hmm. peace no. with her head that he never humiliated anyone, and he was the no. best in even, even the people, even the people of, of, of other faiths, as you know, there was there was a procession um, with the with the Jewish girl going by the funeral procession. And he stood up respect and he said, "Was this person not Jewish?" And he said, it, it, "Is she not a human being? Is she not a person?" You know, right. there's that level of respect. So you know, it wasn't like I'm just going to you know ignore because yeah. that person. You know, there's that level of respect at the same time. You know, and I think I think. Um, the best dawah for me that anyone can give is your actions and your behavior. You are the dawah, not what you say. You can shout from the top at the top of your lungs and speak this corner. You can bring all the scriptural and textual evidence. You, you can refute every contradiction within the Bible. You can prove from the Bible that Jesus um, is not God and nor was he crucified. You can do all of this, which we, hmm. which which I've done, which others can do. You can you can take that approach, but then by taking that approach and shouting this group. What dawah are you giving for your religion? It's like, well, this person's shouting in the street that they're right. If you're right, you shouldn't have to do that. And I mean, you see people give dawah, and and people are like, if your religion is so strict, why do you need to scream about it at the top of your lungs? Exactly. You know? and if anything, but then Muslims can... will come back, isn't it? They come back and give the same thing about you know Christians. Oh, you know, like uh, Christians, they're in the street shouting and screaming and, and, and preaching. You know, these missionaries and. Do you yeah. understand what I'm saying? They're doing that in the middle of the street preaching, which we have in Scotland. If you go in the middle of the city centre, you obviously guys standing on top of a chair, shouting about words and giving his own tafsir. It's like you, you Muslims are giving that. You're the one that's giving dawah by shouting at people. <laughs> people are judging you. People are judging religion by what your what your behaviour right now. They're not really judging it by what you say because remember, it's not the eyes that are blind; it's the heart. So your behaviour and how you treat someone. Will be the very right. first thing that they they, they they get from you and they'll be more inclined to listen to the words that you're telling absolutely and the oh, thing you know yeah. when it, it becomes a stagger match and then when again when people even people who ask me i want to give that like you what do i do and my first response is always the same 
read your namaz when you read mm. namaz five times a day it calms you it yes. forces you to reflect it, it calms humbles you. you it humbles you it comes across mm. then it comes across in your character and you know also the power of making dua well let's mm. see as i one's prayer when they call upon me that um, was it i i, I did you remember i mentioned at the beginning there about how how i came to islam and 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 after after what happened to me happened to me i said you know it, Allah says in the quran he will call upon the caller who calls on him and he didn't say on the muslim on the believer he just anyone who calls upon him yeah. and when in that moment of my time when i wasn't a muslim i i, I called out sincerely for his help for, for for that and that because of that sincere call he answered and the and, and his answer wasn't um you know some sort of like change in my social or economical situation he, he gifted me he gifted me islam that was his answer <laughs> you know he says okay you're calling out to me for help you're calling you recognize that i do exist because i feel it in you and i see it in your heart that you're now as as, as whatever way you've lived whatever you claimed you're now looking up and acknowledging that i am the only one that can help you then you've acknowledged that i exist and, and i will give you that that guidance here's the quran Allah. subhanallah yeah and I think that that would be a good point. Uh, on that note, uh, it would mm. be a good ending point. Um, Jazakallah khair to you for giving me your time today. Um, I would love to invite you back on. I think there's sure. so much more that we can speak on. Um, 100%, yeah. <laughs> who is listening, please go across to Khadija's TikTok and social yeah. media, watch her videos, engage with her, um, share her uh, stuff as well we must support one another uh, and uh, i would like to end the podcast on talking to anyone who is listening you do not need to be a scholar to give that away okay just share what you know you know double check knowledge and share what you know and you know in football we have something uh, called an assist you know when you set a goal up for someone else and it's seen as a great thing you can assist in that hour as well. Like if you don't know, pass them on to people who do know. Pass them on yes. to me. Pass them on to Sister Khadija, and we can take it from there. And you yeah. it won't diminish your reward. Like God has enough reward to go around for all of us. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so may Allah Subhanahu wa Taala guide all mm -hmm. humanity to Islam, and may mm -hmm. He us guided on the straight path. Jazakallah, your time. I will bounce. I will bounce quickly off before we go. Off just off your point, as you said about giving dawah. You do not need to be a scholar. You do not. Um, um, I have um, uh, the, the level of um, qualifications and, and the things I have, but I don't have that to be able to to to, to give dawah. Remember that beneficial knowledge is knowledge that leads to actions. Okay, and that was why I said you've got to reverse that. Just you and how you behave. Is the is the dawah first and foremost? So people think see you as a person, they'll naturally be intrigued to see why you are that kind of person, which is why people came to read the Quran after what's happening in Palestine. Because even in the midst of a genocide, <coughs> sorry, even in the midst of a genocide and facing losing everything in life, these people um showed great faith and strong um conviction in Allah. And people are like, why is that? So your actions are what gives the dawah not the other way around, not, not the knowledge that you give. 
as what you do and who, who you are. That's the very first thing. So you know what else is required in your person. And of course, how your actions will should well should be dictated by the way you live um, your religion and that includes how you treat people. So people will see Islam through you as Rasulullah he was a walking Quran. You should try to be the same. So there you go. Jazakalaka. I think we'll just leave it there. Thank you yeah. so much okay. to everyone for listening. Join me on my next podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.